You're listening to the Promised Church's Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this teaching by Pastor Aaron. For more information about who we are, please visit us at thepromisedchurch.com. All right. Good morning. I had a word for another person, but they're not here. Teaches you to miss church. Just kidding. I'll give it to them later. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5. I've got a very short word I want to share with you today. Is there anybody here hungry in this room? Come on. (laughs) Hungry for Jesus. Let me clarify. (laughs) Food is irrelevant at this point. We're eating on him. We're supposed to drink his, eat his flesh and drink his blood, right? Yeah, tasty, yummy. Matthew chapter five. There's a story in, um, in Exodus where the Israelites have left Egypt. They've gone into the wilderness. They've crossed the Red Sea. And when they get there, uh, it's, the, it's in the Middle East in summertime. Has anybody ever been to the Middle East in summer? Uh, it's it, picture hell. It's hot. I've been there. I've been, I've been in June in the Middle East, in the desert, and it is terrible. If you don't have water, you will die. Like it is, <coughs> it is horrendous. And so here the Israelites come into the desert. They have no water. They have no food. They're like, thanks, Lord. You brought us out here to die. And the Bible says that the Lord brought a river of water out of a rock that Moses struck a rock and a river came out of the rock to, 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 to give nourishment to millions of people. That the Lord actually camped with them in their camp. Now, I hate camping. It is terrible. You, you can't sleep. You can't get clean. It's, if I could just have a comfortable bed glamping and a clean toilet and a shower that was not dirtier than I was, I'd be happy. But you can't find that, so I, I, I go, don't camp. But I could camp if the Lord was there. Like, for 40 years, they would walk out of their tent and there was the glory of God in the midst of their camp. Imagine that, the glory of God never left them. It says during the day that there was a cloud of the glory of God that would hover over them. In the hot summer, you would need shade. And they literally rested in the shadow of the Lord. He was the canopy over them. What an amazing picture that the glory of God never left them. It was there in the day by a cloud. And at night, it says that there was fire in the midst of the cloud. Picture that. There was fire inside the cloud. And at nighttime, it would keep them warm and it would illuminate the camp. I mean, the Israelites saw water come from a rock, a cloud, the, like God was in the cloud. They saw fire in the cloud. They had just walked through the Red Sea. And then they said, oh, and by the way, we're hungry. And so the Lord brought them manna. And that manna, the Lord said, was only to be eaten for the day that it came, except on Saturdays, because you were to take the Sunday as the Sabbath. And every day you were to gather the food that you needed for that day, but you weren't to save it for the next day. 
And if you saved it, it would be moldy and it would not be good to eat. Which is a perfect picture that what we receive from the Lord on a daily basis is meant to sustain us for that day. And then the next day, we need the fresh encounter with the Lord. So often we rely on an encounter from three years ago, that one time we were in that one church at that one conference and the Lord came and we shook and we cried and snot and somebody prophesied over me and I'm still living on that word. God's like, no, you need manna for today. I want to show you myself today. I want to speak to you today. I want to show you my heart today. And all the while, the Lord was trying to reveal himself to the Israelites in the manna. It was white because he is pure. It was thin because his heart is fragile. It was round because he has no end and no beginning. It came from heaven because he descended from heaven and he ascended back again. It was, it was sweet because he is the honey that comes from the rock. He was revealing himself all the while through the manna. And the Bible says that after some time, the Israelites looked at that manna and said, I'm sick of it. I can't take it any longer. Can you just send me some meat? And the Lord was like, here it comes. And he brought all these birds from the waters. I don't even know where the water is nearest to where they were. I'm sure it was a long distance. And it says a great wind blew these quail over and they fell to the ground three feet deep. It says you could walk a day's walk and not stop finding three feet deep worth of birds. Someone say that's a lot of birds. The Bible says that they ate so much it came out of their nostrils. They hated meat. Say, ouch. If you think water coming out hurts, imagine meat. <laughs> Just thought of that. That would hurt. Painful. That's where my brain goes as I'm speaking. You should get in there sometime. It's scary. Sometimes I'm speaking and I look at somebody and I'm like, man, that's a great outfit. And I just keep going. I don't say it. But sometimes, just so you know, if you wore a great outfit, I've probably noticed. Some of you are looking really good today. And uh, so he sent the quail. And they got sick of it. And you're like, what's your point, Aaron? Oftentimes people are like, if I could just encounter the manifest presence of God in such a tangible, real way, I would never screw up again. This story proves otherwise. You can literally camp with the Lord, have a glory cloud by day and a fire burning pillar of fire by night. You can eat manna every morning and still get familiar. The Bible says that they got to loathe. They hated the manna. The Bible describes the manna as the food of angels. This is what the angels feasted upon. And the Israelites hated it. They hated it. The Pharisees read the scriptures year after year after year, memorizing them, studying them, waiting for that one moment when, when the Messiah would come to save all of us, waiting for that one moment where what I was reading in scripture came to reality. Then all of a sudden when it came and stood in front of them, they didn't even recognize him. They didn't even know that it was him, that he was there, the one they had been waiting for. They'd been telling everybody, this is the hope of the world. And he's there in front of them. They don't even recognize him and then they crucify him. 
And what happens so often as, as believers is that we come to church and we sing songs. We come to church and we quote scripture. We come to church and we say all the right things. And when Jesus is standing in front of us, we don't even recognize him. Sometimes we can eat Jesus over and over and over, become so familiar we hate the taste of it. Sometimes it looks uncomfortable and different and not what we think it should look like and church isn't supposed to look like that. And why is a 16-year-old and an 18-year-old leading me in worship and he's yelling at me and would you stop asking me to yell? Like I'm just tired of yelling in church. And it looks different and we don't understand it getting frustrated and I, I, I feel like at times we can get to a place where our familiarity with the Lord causes us to never recognize him again causes us to be in a room like this people are encountering Jesus and we're like what Jesus is here I don't know if you've noticed lately but it's been getting a little crazy up in here like, getting a little weird. People are like falling over. Uh, it's kind of uncomfortable. They're laughing a lot, and some people are dancing and shouting. It's really hard to raise your hands and jump. That's when you know the Lord is moving. When your hands are up and you're jumping, hard. If you try it sometime, like it's difficult. I'm not coordinated enough. Last week, if you were here at second service, we went for like three hours. Like when you came to first service, or when you came to this service, first service was just ending. It was probably hard to find a parking spot because people were trying to, like, things are getting uncomfortable. They're getting different. And I feel like the Lord wants to let us know that he wants to move in such a way that isn't going to fit inside of our box. And if we get... If we begin to just think that the Lord's going to do it the way we want him to, that the Lord's just going to do it the way that I feel comfortable with, that the Lord's just going to do it the way that I think he should, we're not going to recognize that it's him. It's him. He's in the cloud. He's in the fire. He's in the rock. He is the manna. And we start looking at the manna and be like, I don't like it. That song's too long. I don't like it. They're too loud. I don't like it. I wanted to go to lunch. I wanted it my way. And he's like, I'm the manna. I'm here. So Matthew chapter three, five, five, verse three. There was a three in there. By the way, I danced for an hour on Wednesday night with a bunch of crazy young people. I woke up on Thursday morning. I thought I was going to die. If there's an 80 year old in here, I I feel like I felt 80-year-old legs. Like I woke up, my calves burned so bad. It was terrible. I'm sorry if you're 80. Matthew 5, verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit. You may say, well, what does that mean? How can you be, like, how can I have a spirit that's in poverty. Let me say it another way. Exchange the word poor for the word humble. Blessed are those who are humble in spirit. Everybody look at me. Blessed are those who are humble in spirit. What does that mean? Blessed are you who have no pride. Blessed are you when you realize that without him, you are bankrupt. 
Genesis is up here. She's 16 years old leading us in worship. 16. That's half of my age. Wow, wow, he's 32. I carry the one, add the three. Yes. She's 16. She's never gone to Bible college. You know what? And she's definitely not a pastor. She's probably read the Bible a lot less than me, but you know what? I can hear the voice of God in her. I can hear God in her as she sings. That's poor in spirit. Well, I don't like those people who are crazy. I don't like those people who, you know, yell, who, who fall on the floor. Like, just go stand by Marlise. She's not here. You'll get poor in spirit quickly. But listen to what they're saying. They are in love with Jesus. So what if it doesn't fit in your box? It's not for you. It's for him. And I, I, I felt like the Lord wanted to say something to us today, and it's this. He's coming, and it's not going to look like the way we thought it was going to look. He's going to move into this church building and into your life, and it's not going to look like the way you hoped it would look. He's not going to do the things that you've been praying about the way you thought he was going to do them. He's not going to come and answer your prayers the way you thought he was going to. He's not going to come and do a church service the way you wanted him to do it. He's not in a box. And it requires a people who are poor in spirit who realize, I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense. It makes me uncomfortable. It feels a little weird. Is Jesus in it? Great. I'm in. I'm in. Now, somebody out there is thinking, well, how do I know Jesus is in it? It's a good question. I would have asked the same thing. If you're an analyzer, you thought that question right when I said it. This is why you have pastors. Amen. Thank you for the show of support. Wonderful. I feel really good about that one. Just standing up here with confidence. Praise God. And this is why you have the Holy Spirit. And if, if you don't spend time with the Holy Spirit, you're not going to really know when he's around. Did you know it's really hard to be friends with somebody when they're never there? Have you ever tried to have a great conversation with somebody you, you, like, you don't know? It's really difficult, but when there's depth and you're a friend, you, you know them. You know the sound of their voice. You know when they're coming around. You know their schedule. You know their likes and their dislikes. When you spend time with the Lord out of this room, when you come in and he starts doing things that wreck what you think he should do, all of a sudden you feel comfortable because you recognize it's him. You can feel his presence. You can feel the joy in the room. You can feel the peace in the room. You can feel the hunger for the Lord. And you're like, I may not express myself the same way, but I want it. Expression is not biblical. The Bible doesn't show us and say it must look like this. It doesn't do it. But there are ways that we can read it to say, well, there'll be dancing. There will be singing. There will be shouting. There will be lifting of the hands. There'll be kneeling. There will be tears. There will be joy and laughter. There will be freedom. There will be boldness and fearlessness. All things that we can point at to say, it's like Luke was describing one of the services at youth camp and he's telling me all those different things. And I'm like, that's what revival sounds like. That's when, when God moves, those are those things that you see. That's the indicator, the fruit. 
And I believe that the Lord wants to begin to stir our hearts to say, you want me? Will you allow me to move the way I want to move? You're desperate for me? Will you allow me to move within you the way that I want to move? Not the way that you feel comfortable with, but the way that I want to do it. See, oftentimes what we do is we come get our fill of the Lord. We come consume him so we get our need met. And then we say this, what's next? What's next? Okay, good. I went to church. I feel good. I put some money in the envelope. I said hi. And I gave somebody a hug on COVID. Like, yes, a lot of me. And we're like, what's next? There is nothing next. It's just Jesus. It's only him. We breathe for Jesus. We come to church just to be with Jesus. We lift our hands and sing songs, not for us, for Jesus. We read scripture, not for our benefit, because he is scripture to be with him, just to know him more. Everything we do is just about Jesus. It's all about him. And there's a promise in scripture. There's a promise that comes to those who are poor in spirit who stay in this place of need, who stay in this place of desperation for him. It's this, you will inherit the kingdom of God. You will begin to see the kingdom of heaven come to the kingdom of the earth. You will see the supernatural become normal because you waited for me to come, because you honored me when I came, because you never lost your awe and your wonder, because you lasted, you were patient, you had extended perseverance, you didn't quit when it got difficult. See, in scripture, Jesus did not do miracles to prove that he could. He did the miracles to show us that we could. He showed us what it looked like when heaven comes to earth. And he says, you want to live like me? Here's the blueprint. Here's what it looks like when you live like me. And what he did is he came to seek and to save that which was lost. It doesn't say in scripture, he came to seek and to save those. Y'all hear me? Scripture doesn't say he came to seek and to save those who were lost. It says he came to seek and to save that What is that? It is heaven's dominion that was given away in the garden. Dominion over earth. He came to take it back and to give it back to mankind to see. Now watch me, a man, live like this. This is your blueprint. He didn't live like that to prove that he could. He lived to prove what we could do. When we walk like him, when we think like him, when we fall madly in love with him, that's what our life should look like. Why don't you stand with me? There's been something burning in my heart over the past number of months where I feel like the Lord continues to ask me, do you want me to come? I'm like, yes, Lord. No, Aaron, do you really want me to come? Yes, I think. (laughs) Because the way you keep asking me makes me think I don't want you to come that way. Makes me a little nervous. I like that place. It's like a little risky. You know what I'm talking about? Like playing it safe, like in a relationship. Ah, But when there's that, y'all know what I'm talking about? 
Yeah, it's like, oh, this could get dangerous or it could be like real good. I feel like the Lord is inviting us into this, this move of the Holy Spirit, but it won't come if we create barriers. If we begin to look at things and criticize because it doesn't fit in our brain, if we begin to look at responses or kids or the way people dress or what they wear or tattoos on their body or their past or our surface goes too long or you made me miss, miss my lunch date or you, you asked me to shout and we begin to criticize and if we begin to do that, we won't see what God wants to do. The Lord is moving in this church powerfully today. But it is but a glimpse of what he wants to do. It is but a glimpse of what he truly wants to do. And when he comes, you will know it. Because when he comes, you won't stand on your feet. You won't be able to. When the Lord actually comes, you won't be able to speak. You will do crazy things. You will lose control of your body. When the Lord comes, trust me, it will wreck you. Like it'll mess y'all up. And I believe that the Lord is looking for a church who will say, I'm ready for it. Whatever it looks like, however long it takes, whatever you want to do. You want to use me to do it? Fine. You want to use somebody else? I don't care. It's not about me. Church goes a little longer than I thought. It's a little bit more expressive. Maybe it's a little louder. Maybe all we do is pray in the Holy Spirit for an hour. I don't care. I just want Jesus. There's a part of me, there's a part of me where I begin to realize, wow, God, I have been embarrassed by aspects of you. I've been embarrassed because I'm scared. I'm intimidated by what people might think. And I'm sure you are as well. There's moments where you're like, please don't ask us to do that. Please, God, if you love me. And he's like, that's why. My daughter, who's seven, she'll have friends who are like, yeah, my parents disciplined me and they spanked me. And Charlie will just look at them because they love you. And I remind her when it's her turn, Charlie, why am I doing this? Because you love me. You're right, that's why, because I love you. Sometimes it doesn't feel good. Sometimes it makes us get uncomfortable, but it's because he loves us. It's because I look at her and say, I'm taking you somewhere. You can't get there on your own. And until you submit and surrender your life to your dad right now, you won't get there. And that's what the Lord has said. Until you submit and surrender your life to me, you won't get to where you want to go. We won't see a city saved. That's why we gather, to see a city saved, to see a region come to know the Lord. I believe it can happen. And it will happen when a group of people like this say, I'm ready. I'm ready. Whatever it looks like, I'm ready to talk about whatever we got to talk about. I need to die to self? Fine. We got to talk about racism? Fine. We got to talk about politics? Fine. We got to grow a little bit? I got to understand things a little bit? I got to get a little weird? I got to get a little uncomfortable? I don't care. I just want Jesus. And I will run after him. And how we get there is when you stop waiting for me to lead you. It's not my job to take you there. It's not his job to take you there. It's not our our pastoral team's job to take you there. It's your job. 
I'm not to lead you. We're to shepherd you, to make sure no one gets left behind, to inspire, to point you in a direction, and then run. Run like your life depends upon it. See the end goal, the prize. Who's the prize? It's Jesus. I shouldn't have to convince you to run. Meet him, and then you'll run on your own. We shouldn't have to come here and rally the troops. Meet Jesus. And then we got to like calm down. It's like Luke, he can't even count down at youth camp to get kids to shout because they just will shout over him. So Ashley's going to lead us into a song, some song. I just asked her to do a worship song because I feel like the Lord wants to impart, impart something into us. I don't know what it is, but I believe the Lord is taking us upon a journey. It's death to self every day. It's God, come and do whatever you want to do, whatever it looks like. I'm all in. And I felt like the Lord wanted to just invite people who want to say, I'm ready. I'm ready. I want it. Use me. I lay my my confusion at the altar. I lay my misinterpretation at the altar. I lay my, my frustrations and irritations. It's too loud. It's too long. It's too big. It's too small. It's not me. It's them. I lay it all there. And I say, God, I just want you, whatever it looks like. I'm all in. I'm all in. And I just want to create a space this morning that if you want that, I just want to invite you to come out of your chair more as a, as a, as a point to yourself. Like, I'm in. You're not coming forward for me. You're coming forward like, yeah, God, I get it. I hear what you're saying, and I want it. I'm in, and I'm all the way in. And so if that's you, I just want to invite you to come forward, and we're just going to worship, and we're just going to invite the presence of God to come into this room, to come and to rest upon us, and I believe he's going to deposit something in us as a body today, a hunger and a desperation in our midst, where we say, God, I want to stay here. I want to stay at your feet. Yeah, come on, come on. Don't stay in the aisle. Come a little closer so people can come up. I, I'm in. Like, I'm ready to say whatever it looks like, I want it. I want it. I want it. So if you need to kneel, go ahead and kneel. If you want to stand, go ahead and stand. If, there's, if you are standing back, if you can just come up a little bit, we're not streaming. It's okay. So we can get a little closer. And come in if you need to. There's a little more space over here. And I want us to just begin to worship. Just begin to worship. I believe that the fire of heaven is going to begin to rest upon us this morning. And you're going to begin to encounter the Lord in a way you haven't encountered. Some of you have been living off an encounter for years. For years. It's been years since you've heard his voice. It's been years since you've encountered him. And right now, you're going to begin to feel the presence of God. You're going to say, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Father, we say yes to you today. We say yes. God, we want your fire. God, we want the fire of heaven to fall. Whatever it looks like. Whatever it looks like. We say yes to you. We lay our dignity at the altar. We lay our dignity at the altar. We want you, Jesus.
on, sing it again. Sing it again, nothing else. Come on, everybody in this room, begin just to lift your hands. Nothing else will do. Not my pride, not my dignity, not my dreams, not my desires, not what I want, not how I feel, not, not anything else, but just you, Jesus. Just you, Jesus. Just you, Jesus. You're enough. 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 Only you, Jesus. Only you, Jesus. Come on, come on. Keep singing it. Thank you. 